Joining me today is Reverend Dr. Martha Creek. Um, she has been a mentor to me. It has become friendship and colleagues, and I'm just so excited to have you on this show. It's it's a joy and a pleasure and a privilege. So hear all of that, know all of that, and I'm just so grateful for your presence in my in my life and my personal journey, and. Um, I love watching you be excited in what you do as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Martha. Her sincere mission is to serve, um, and it's evident in how she joins others in all aspects of their humanity as a peaceful presence no matter the circumstances. And I can tell you I have witnessed that, my friends. She has a clear understanding that each of us is fully equipped and exists in an infinite possibility field. Martha is inspired and motivated to offer practices and insights that motivate and promote balance, autonomy, mindfulness, and a solid foundation for living. And Martha is no stranger to challenging situations. She facilitates churches and organizations in the midst of conflict and change, individuals in emotional, financial, physical, and spiritual distress, and extraordinary people in struggles with day-to-day -day challenges looking for another way. Martha is dedicated to serving individuals in realizing their full potential. Welcome, Martha. Thank you so much. It's very humbling to hear that. And I can report and would love your readers to know that I claim that also, that there's nothing that I heard as humbling as it is and as wholehearted as my response to it is, like I would be delighted to know that about another person or to lift them up in the way that you've lifted me up here, honey. And it's absolutely true what you say. I can absolutely see each and every each and every part of that. And it's delightful that you have uh, experienced and witnessed, and it's beautiful and inspiring to be witnessed in it. So God bless whoever's listening, that they also um, reflect in the way that you have and that we are here to see how we can find that within ourselves, each and every one of you. All the words you read about me is also true of many, many of these folks that will be listening to this empowerment, this series that you're doing. Yeah, so. that's one of the gifts that I love about you in who you are is what you see in others. And that's just a huge gift for so many of us just to be witnessed as the divine light that we truly are. So thank you. My pleasure. The reason that I invited Martha to be a guest, not just because I love her, but the other reason is that I wanted her to really take us on a journey about what's going on with our bodies as they age, to look at the myths that we buy into and shifting those erroneous beliefs that no longer serve us. So my first question to Martha is, what were some of the beliefs that you were told would happen to your body as you got older? What were, what's the buy-in there? Yeah, it's a great question. And as I've, re I've been reflecting on that a bit because I wasn't even aware of having a body for so many years. And the beliefs I had about it is that our body and the family I was born and raised in and through all generations of it were very heavy. If you look at a picture of a family reunion, I also have a belief that fat is healthy. 
and that heavy is healthy. And that was the response that our family gave when they saw a chubby baby or a fatter baby was be like, look how healthy they are. Look how healthy they are. So I've looked at that over the years and I've questioned it, of course, and I see the consequences of that. Um, of buying into that or believing that. And also what happens in the family when you're not normal, when you are more conscious about what you weigh or start to eat less fried food or what's served at the table and that, and the, the uh, rolled eyes or the, even the uh, criticisms that can come with that. Like, oh, brother, you know, you've been out of the country now. You've been on a plane once. You think you're too big for your brother. <laughs> all these things you're going to eat. What do you mean? You don't want it. You want it, but you don't want it fried. Like what's wrong with you? So plenty of opportunities there to look at the body. I also reflected just in this minute or two that I've been thinking about this is that it's like, don't bet on the body. The body is the loser. The body is going to die. It's going to go in a ground one day or in an urn somewhere. So uh, you better be planning. And that was my own belief actually. Like, um, I didn't relate to death as much as other people do. I have a very vivid recall at three years old with my granddaddy dying, who I defined love by the way that I was with my that maternal grandfather of mine. Mm-hmm. And he died when I was three. And I remember being at his funeral and in my dad in my dad's arms. And uh, and my thought was they think he died. They they think he's dead. And I didn't have an experience of him dying. I still felt close to him. It's like, even as a little kid, I thought death can't take him from me. So I've not really ever had much fear around death or what's going to happen with the body um, that, that like other, that other people seem to. Yeah. So, you know, we've all got our kind of plights and, and, and um, crosses to bear and things like that, but that's not been one of them for me, which is grace indeed, because with this body that I have and this assignment of the body I have, um, it, it would have been pure torture to have a lot of um, vanity or a lot of hang up about that. I wouldn't have been able to do what I do. It would have prevented me from playing sports and being active and, it didn't stop me, you know, other people would say, you're, can you run, you know, as heavy as I was, can you run, do you know, you're going to have to run laps, do you understand you have to do suicide drills and basketball, and it's like, you know, I do, and I've had this body since birth, so it's, it, it still does quite a bit, even though it looks like it's too heavy to do quite a bit, so I didn't have a lot to undo that other people do about the body. And I also could look at some of the consequences in the family and see scientifically that there's some cause for this, DNA-wise, mm. uh, cultural-wise, environmental-wise, and, and just math. If you take in 3,000 calories and burn out 1,000, then there's going to be an accumulation of that. So I, I had a little cognition and a little ability to do some math over time, although it, it, uh, if most people looking at this body, particularly in comparison to like the normal... Yes standards of the body would think, no, that girl can't do math. She doesn't know anything about a calorie. Uh, so I've, 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 I've thought about it over the years. What if I actually hadn't have been mindful about calories along the way, like just what could have happened? So I'm, I'm grateful for this body. I'm also grateful that I don't believe it's mine and that I take some responsibility for it 
but I do not take full responsibility for what happens with it, what it does, how it unfolds, what it contracts, what, what happens with it. I'm going to be as sensible as I can, and I will not take responsibility fully for this body or the life of this body because I don't have that power. Well, that's interesting. So if you think that you're not responsible, fully responsible for your body, then um, what or who is? Well, whatever created it, you know, and that's up to the listener, I think, to decide that, that whatever birthed us, whatever brought us into creation, life itself, universe, God, whatever creator, that, that ultimately is going to be um, what's, what's God's business or life's business or the unfolding of this. So it's a shared responsibility that I'm not going to touch a hot stove because it burns. So it's hurtful and it's damaging to the body. And like, I don't get to pick, in my experience, I don't get to pick what goes on with the body. Like I didn't pick this nose. I didn't pick yes. um, what happens here with this chin area. You know, what's all, what's all that about? <laughs> so um, there's things I didn't pick. And there's things that I've worked to prevent that wasn't preventable. Mm -hmm. And I witnessed people literally on a daily basis at war with their body. Yes. And what it won't do, what it is doing, what it should do, what it, I want it to do, what it better not do, what I'm afraid it'll do. And it's far too torturous for me to live in that world. So I assume some responsibility. And, you know, there's a prayer of Martin Luther that's coming to mind from the 1500s okay. that said, you know, I will work um, not to contaminate myself. And I'm not going to be, I'm going to work not to be a contaminant to other people. <laughs> And I'm going to serve where I'm called and I'm going to do what I can here. And I surrender all responsibility for my own life. And when, when it's, when my life is done and when this body is done, that I'll know that I did what I was assigned here for, that I, I am complete in what I came here into this life to be. And the same is true for other bodies also. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm like, preach it, sister. Yes. <laughs> um, so were you given any um, constructs or beliefs about what happens to your body as it ages at all? Um, there was not much concern about what happened with the body with aging other than expect the worst. So it's like um, my mother had a saying like, whoever called these the golden years hadn't lived them. <laughs> It's like you get old and die and you get old and the body starts to constrict and shut down. And that's also factual. You know, when I remember hearing a talk by Eckhart Tolle, like, you know, if you think this body's not going to constrict yeah. and go out, like put an apple on a table, get you a fresh, new, ripe, plump apple and set it up on your table and watch what happens to that apple in about seven days. And that was so profound to me. And it's like, that's also what happens to the body. Yeah. It'll have its own life cycle and it'll have its own wrinkling process and it'll have its brown spots here and there. And it'll eventually constrict off, rot off, disintegrate and return to, from, to down to a seed, which is what, where it came from right. the seed itself. So, um, I, we had some notion that, you know, live all you're going to. And one day, um, <laughs> body is, is going to constrict and die. There was also not a, a lot of fear in my family about that. 
um, and I didn't have um, some of the same messages that other particularly women got about um, that it's got to go a certain way for you to have value mm -hmm. or for you to have to be empowered or something like that of which I am extremely extremely um, grateful for what were some of the people that you've worked with what were some of their beliefs around how the body should behave um, well primarily that something can be prevented and there's billions of dollars spent on preventative medicine and preventative measures around the body and aging and disease processes so it's an extremely extremely bitter bitter pill when someone that hasn't eaten a bite of fat in their life that's exercised every day uh, has a heart disease and when there wasn't heart disease in the family, for example. So things like that. And that then if I keep moving, keep, keep exercising, keep doing these things that I'm not going to have illness. Right. Or if I meditate daily, I'm not going to have high blood pressure. Right. And then the blood pressure gets high. And then some kind of fake positivity about it. Like, oh, I'll just own my blood pressure down. And it's like, no, you're already owning and your blood pressure <laughs> You may want to try something different and it may come it, it comes down to then this are are you willing to take the medicine you know because one of those prayers in that martin luther prayer is i will administer medicine as a servant leader i will administer medicine i'll also take it and i'm not promoting it you know everybody's here on their own accord we're here under our own authority or the authority of our mind or heart so i have nothing to promote here other than I know for me that I've watched, and that was your question, honey, what I've watched with people believing that something is going to turn out X, Y, or Z way, and then they follow the formula for that, right. and the very, very painful grief and loss and despair and shock and trauma when their formula didn't produce what they were counting on it to um produce yeah. and like I had a diagnosis of breast cancer um, 12 years ago now mm -hmm. and I didn't I wasn't in denial over it I simply didn't believe it was mine and they even referred to my breast and I'm like they're not my breast. <laughs> they're not my breast okay. so and this is the current lay of the land and I didn't have breast cancer in the family I never had been pregnant I've never taken hormones I've never had some of the things that were the cause of that and then if I don't catch it then I slide off into what am I holding in my thoughts and oh, where yeah. are too close to me and I'm not denying any of that I don't know I mean that's mm -hmm. the mystery of it and my primary spiritual practice is to accept the mystery of it which I would also wholly wholly recommend regarding aging <laughs> to and the body and the body's lifespan and the body's life cycle to accept the mystery of it. So do what you can and do what's sensible and surrender um, because it's one day we won't get to pick. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like you had a lot to transform, like from the myths around the body and aging to who you are today. Is that true or have you had to 
transform your beliefs? There's been some, but you know, I started so young and that I remember if you look at my first grade picture, I was evidently president of the class or something. I'm some officer in the class in first grade. So I was six, five or six years old right. and I'm bigger than my first grade teacher. I'm literally taller and bigger than my first grade teacher. Now, albeit she was (laughs) small, but I mean, I've always had some reference for this size. So it it wasn't like I just became this size overnight, you know, so the size has been with me all along. I did, however, buy into um, things like um, makeup, wearing makeup. Mm-hmm. Like what makeup would get me and then what hair and I had this long luscious dark hair mm-hmm. vibrant healthy shiny hair and then I started coloring it and then over a f- after a few years of that I'm like what am I doing like what is that all about so I just stopped it just to see what I thought that was getting me what I thought that dark hair was going to get me that gray right. hair <laughs> get me or something Uh, I stopped wearing makeup at the exact same time and jewelry. And I was a jewelry, um, something of some profane word that you would use to describe dressers full of jewelry. (laughs) Okay. And of course, you know how it is. The more you have of it, the more you get because then people love having you to have it too. So I stopped some of that. And part of that was around body imaging and looking at that I didn't want my peace or my power or my value hinged on um, what color my hair was or how young I looked or what, what I'd paint, what I'd done with my face in the way of makeup. And I have nothing against makeup, just like I have nothing else against it. It's like we're on, I believe we're on a free life. So wear makeup, enjoy it, wear jewelry, color your dog on hair, like do as you please. And I can't live a transformed life if I am afraid to lose my hair or to have gray hair or uh, to not wear makeup or to be seen without makeup. I cannot live a a well-being. That is not a well-being for my heart. And that's not a well-being for my soul and spirit to put that kind of um, contingency on the body. And the, and the outer part of the body, the, the appearance of the body's appearance. I hear you. So what do you believe today about a woman and her body, your body aging? Well, that it's natural, that, there's, that, there's, that you can't prevent what you're afraid of, uh, that there's certain things that'll work that you'll get um, re- responses from. And then the very thing that you're using and getting a response from somewhere along the way, you're not going to get the same response. So just because a certain time period or just because it worked in certain situations doesn't mean that it's going to work across the board or for, or till the end of the end of our time or to the grave. Um, I believe that there is more, and I want to believe, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist, as you know, as much as people say, oh, no, girl, you're a realist, you're a realist. <laughs> I, I accept that, I am that, but I'm also eternally optimistic that we are learning something as a result of this, and that we do not have to let our well-being, our peace of mind, or peace of heart um, be so tied up in age, age or aging, or what the body does through its natural processes of aging, and that we're going to have a better, I'm going to have a better time of it, and I believe others are, if we accept the natural progression of that, 
and um, so, and not to t spend as much time and energy trying to control what cannot be controlled. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get that. So what I'm hearing is that you're accepting all that is, all that occurs with your body um, without the label of this is bad or this isn't working well anymore. There's very poignant times in my life where I've had real awakenings about this. And I think maybe that gets to your question about what transformation I've had about this. So for example, uh, Byron Katie speaks about um, going to visit somebody who was so upset that her one leg was swollen and just, just out of proportion, the size of a basketball. Mm -hmm. And she asked her, Katie asked the patient, what's the problem? And she said, what's the problem? And she slung the cover back and said, look at this leg. <laughs> That's the problem. And Katie said, oh, you believe that leg should be the size of that leg. Mm -hmm. So now I've made that leg the problem. Yes. It's like the problem is my believing that something like this is not going to happen to the leg or that swelling I'm not that I'm immune from swelling or that I'm immune from broken bones or that I'm immune from a cancer diagnosis. And it's like, no, no. So young kids, babies, middle-aged teenagers, like there's nobody alive here without a diagnosis of some sort. And if you, whoever you're listening, if you don't have yours yet, like <laughs> it's waiting for you. So my encouragement then is to get some peace about that and some acceptance about that, that there's times of illness and times of wellness and there's times of it's flowing. And then there's times of it's constricted. And then there'll be um, demonstrations of its constriction. There'll be symptoms and patterns of that. And I believe, and there's evidence that the body is working to balance itself, to sort it out. You know, we're not telling it to breathe and we're not telling blood to circulate and right. cells to oxygenate themselves and all that. So I can't see or how anybody could not deny that the body's got its own systems and it's got its own intelligences and things like that that keep it going. And then one of my, our neighbor friends back home there on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee uh, kept going to her doctor about a swollen knee. And she is very, very thin, this woman. She, you know, she would say she didn't weigh 15 pounds soaking wet. And he kept saying, it's your age. It's your age. It's the age of your knee. It's you getting old. It's old age. And after about five or six times to that doctor, <laughs> she said, stop saying that. Stop saying it's my age. That leg is the same age as that leg. So <laughs> I don't want to hear that. So I think we've all fallen under some kind of spell about if you, after you meet, after you're a certain age and I hear it now, even will somebody will say, well, that's because I'm 60. Well, I'm in my sixties now. So it's like, we're still under some kind of spell that when something starts to naturally occur, that we plop some kind of age, our notions about age or our beliefs about age into the equation. Yes. And part of it is to make sense out of it, you know, or to um, be able to just cope with it in certain things. But it's absolutely, it, it's not true. Yeah. And it's not absolutely true. So it's a factor, it's a variable, I believe, but
there's no absolute truth to it because somebody's not doing so well at 40 and somebody else is living to be 104. And I've seen people big and, and my daddy would say, you know, whatever, whenever I die at whatever age I die, they're going to say can't of uh, smoking killed him. <laughs> so he would kind of laugh. Like I could live to be a hundred and they'll say smoking killed him. <laughs> He's like, no, uh, he was a hundred. That's what killed him. <laughs> like that was his life cycle. And the same thing is true. Even like with this breast cancer, you know, I'm quoted as saying that, like I've not had, I had a, that occurrence of breast cancer. It's been 12 years. And if it happens to be breast cancer or recurrence of breast cancer in my life, that's not mine either. My life is not mine either. If it reoccurs, then that'll be in the headlines. She lost her battle with breast cancer. Right. It's like she never had a battle with breast yes. cancer. Yes. But that's a part of the disease, this, this popping disease labels on there. And then um, factoring in age as a dominant cause of something without ever questioning, is that true? Is this really, is what I'm dealing with, can I absolutely know that it's age-related? Right. So for women who are at the point in life where they're um, maybe struggling a little bit with getting older and, and what their body is doing, what suggestions do you have for them? Stop it. <laughs> Could you say that again? Stop it. Stop your struggle, throw in the towel. You know, uh, there's just so much that could be said about it. I understand. I'm not immune from this either. Um, I still, I, I don't use mirrors much and you can tell that by looking at me and it's fine. Um, but it's like, to if, it, if at least if you're going to look in the mirror, look at what is looking at you. See what is seeing you through those eyes. So instead of counting the wrinkles and measuring them with your measuring tape and how deep they are and how long they are and how much, how many necks we have and those things, it's like the focus has got to be somewhere else if for you to ever have any peace of mind, which mm. so then measuring the body and the constriction of the body, the decay of the body, um, the loss of its range of motion, the loss of agility, the loss of metabolism, and not to mention gravity work. So those perky breasts we depended on, you know, in our 20s won't remain perky without an, a, some surgery or 10. <laughs> so it's like then it's doing your best to accept the natural processes of the body, um, gravity, <laughs> aging. And it's absolutely a thief of joy a thief of joy to measure your power or your value or your worth based on the shape or the size or color or condition even of the body and then change what you can, you know, have a big time with it, color it, paint it, nip it, snip it, uh, stripe it, mohawk it, you know, work it out, diet it, eat it. <laughs> and to know that it's not, um, that you're okay, I'm okay, and that you're okay with whatever body you have. And there's, there's, it's, it's inexpressible. My desire 
for people to know that. And the power that comes from just even having a glimpse of it, yeah. that my okayness, my okayness doesn't hinge on the body's aspects. Yes, that's powerful. And part of what you talk about is this level of acceptance of what is. And um, what one of the practices that I've started to, to do probably, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago was just thanking my body. You know, thanking my body for showing up, thanking my body for taking me on a walk. If I hear or feel a twinge, I'll be like, oh, all right, so you need some rest. That's what you're saying to me. So I'll take some time now to rest you. But thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and so what that did for me is it took me out of the struggle and the battle. Absolutely. It also puts our, you know, when you've heard it, most people listening will have heard something like what you focus on grows or where you, where you put your attention, energy flows. So that to express gratitude to the body is unheard of for most of us. So God bless you for doing it. I absolutely practice it. And it still takes work to do it yes. because as I say, we're often not even aware we have a body until it won't bend or right. till there's, <laughs> till there's a pain in the knee or the neck is stiff. And then it's like, damn you, damn you, damn you. Neck. Yes. Like, My God, it, it's holding something that weighs more than two bowling balls up all the time with very little support, very little rest, very little time for renewal. So it's like, whoa, back down on my knees to thank the neck yes. and how well it is doing in the big scheme of things and how well the knees are doing in the big scheme of things when they've not been cared for, stretched or iced or hotted or anything else until there starts to get some itis in them. Mm. So I, I would love that you spoke that and that you introduced that here, that just to include a speck of gratitude, which is really what I was referring to and inferring with, if you're going to look in the mirror to also see how well it's doing mm -hmm. instead of pointing out its flaws and pointing out what's wrong with it and, and putting so much focus on that. So if you're going to nitpick yourself to death, if you're going to nitpick the body to death, then be, it is going to be death. Yeah. And to include some gratitude or acknowledgement or some appreciation for just how well it's doing in the big scheme of things with very little support from many of us. Yeah, true that. Thank you. So Martha, we've got a lot that we've worked through today and maybe people want to like be in touch with you maybe know a little bit more about you how do they do that well um marthacreek.com is the website and i'd love you to be in contact with me i'm absolutely going to encourage you to question your beliefs and this podcast is designed for that and this ministry here um, is our both of our ministries actually for that to really look at what we believe and what we're convicted in and what's another potential for me so how can I be with aging differently not how can I stop aging how can I be with aging differently so there's there's hundreds and hundreds of podcasts over there and free videos and 
there, there, people can just use them and, and sign up on the, there's a way to connect with me via the newsletter or to do private personal sessions with me if people want that, or these other events that I do classes and virtual retreats and in-person retreats and all the detail of it there is at MarthaCreek.com. MarthaCreek.com. Thank you. We've had such a great time. I'm so appreciative of your wisdom and sharing with us. And I'm hoping you as a listener really allow yourself to hear these new ways of opening up to the truth and wisdom and love and light that you are divine humanity. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. MarthaCreek.com if I can support you. Blessings.